Welcome to a Healthy Control Podcast, providing education to create a healthy, balanced lifestyle, empowering you to take control of your health and not let health take control of you. What's up, health nuts? Hope you're having a great day. I'm super excited for today's episode. We have a ton of great information and eh, a few hot takes. Before we get into that, let's go to health class. All right, today's health lesson is all about hugs. That's right. Hugging someone can actually make you healthier. So when you hug somebody, you release a a hormone called oxytocin, which it's crucial in in building bonds and social connections, and and it also reduces stress. And beyond the just emotional benefits of, you know, feeling loved— it does have a positive role on your physical health. It would help lower blood pressure, which will always contribute to a healthier heart and just a better cardiovascular system. Also releases serotonin, which is another hormone kind of responsible for mood regulation. In addition to that, it also has physiological benefits of it can actually help relieve pain. Because a comforting touch, like a hug, can trigger the release of endorphins, which is the body's natural painkillers. So it makes you feel good, it's good for your heart, and it can reduce pain. So, find someone you love today and go give them a hug. Class over. Like I said, some hot takes on today's episode. Five nutritional myths. Five nutritional fallacies. Five things that I hear over and over again that, you know what, let's just talk about them finally. No more dancing around. The first one here is that fats are bad for you. Now, yeah, you don't want to have too much fat in your diet because too much fat, carbs, or protein is going to cause you to gain weight. Yes. But you do need fats in your diet because fats have, they have a lot of roles in our body. Most notably, they help with hormonal release, hormonal regulation. If we're not getting enough fat in our diet... Our body needs it. Like, there's different types of fats, and they all have their different roles. So let's kind of go through those and figure out here, are any of those actually bad for you? First one here is unsaturated fats. And these are liquid at room temperature, and they're usually considered the most healthiest. But are they? Yeah, they are. So they're the most healthiest because they can improve cholesterol levels, ease inflammation, stabilize heart rhythms, and they play other roles too. And And your body can't make polyunsaturated fats, so you have to get them from food. And unsaturated fats are predominantly found in foods from plants, such as vegetable oils, nuts, and seeds. Yes, nuts and seeds are not liquid at room temperature, but oils are. Versus like butter, that's not liquid at room temperature. So omega-3, you may have heard this one, that's a polyunsaturated fat, which is just a type of saturated fat. And it's really good for your heart. Best way to get that is by eating fish two to three times a week. Other ways, if you're landlocked or you just don't like fish, flaxseed, walnuts, canola, or soybean oil are also great sources. They also play an essential role in building cell membranes and blood clotting, two very important things for living. To give a semi-comprehensive list of some good foods that are high in polyunsaturated fats, we're looking at sunflower seeds and flaxseeds, cooking oils such as corn, safflower, and soybean oil, nuts like walnuts, pine nuts, and Brazil nuts, fatty fish like salmon, mackerel, herring, tuna, and trout. Those are all going to be good sources of your polyunsaturated fats. Now on the other side of unsaturated fats would be 
saturated fats. And just to make my bias clear, I don't have a strong opinion about whether or not saturated fats are inherently good or bad, but let's get into them a little bit. So these, unlike unsaturated fat, are solid at room temperature. And these are mainly found in foods from animal. You know, we're, we're talking about dairy products or just meat in general. Some plant foods do have them, such as coconut, palm, and palm kernel oil. But the biggest sources of saturated fat in the American diet is going to be your pizza, your cheeses, your whole and reduced fat, milk, butter, dairy, meat products, you know, sausage, bacon, beef, hamburgers, those type of things, cookies, and other desserts like that, then just fast food, generally not going to be the best type of food to eat, but that is higher in saturated fats. Now, the American Heart Association recommends limiting saturated fats to no more than 7% of your total calories. So, some quick math here, if you're eating a 2,000 calorie a day diet, that means you get about 15 grams of unsaturated fat per day. But here's why I'm not super sold on like my goodness, stay away from saturated fats. If you replace saturated fat with unsaturated fat, good things happen. We see lowering of bad cholesterol, the LDL. We see a better total cholesterol rating. And then that just overall reduces your risk of heart disease. However, adding more unsaturated fat doesn't really swing the pendulum. It's more so when you have more unsaturated fat replacing the saturated fat, you get those benefits. To me, it's clear that unsaturated fat is like a good type of fat and I almost see saturated fat as more of neutral where it's not like where it's not like stay away from this like this is the worst thing you can do like there's definitely worse things you can eat than saturated fat foods but it's just something to be mindful of and if you can replace it with unsaturated fat foods that's probably better however what I do have a strong stance on is trans fat because they're the worst type of fat for your heart blood vessels and pretty much all of your body why? They raise the bad LDL cholesterol, their bad cholesterol, and they lower the good cholesterol, the HDL. That's not great. It can also create an inflammatory response, which has been you know, implicated to increase heart disease, stroke, diabetes, and other type of chronic conditions. It contributes to insulin resistance. That's not great either. And it doesn't take a whole lot. For each additional 2% of calories from trans fat consumed daily, the risk of a coronary heart disease increased by 23%. 2% to 23, not great at all. So where are you going to find trans fat? That's going to be in uh, fried foods, you know, baked goods, processed snack foods, things like that. Things that probably are not the best for your health anyways. And if you're going to enjoy those things, do it in moderation. Now, if you haven't picked up on it by this episode, or maybe it's the first one you've, you've listened to, welcome along. I am not a huge proponent of just eliminating everything in the world that's bad for you. I'm a proponent of limiting the bad things and eating them in moderation and having that balance of a healthy life where it's okay to eat cheesecake one night, just don't eat it four times a day, 365 days a year. I limit, I don't eliminate. Number two, my second nutritional myth here, carbs should be avoided for weight loss. Now, if you came up to me and were like, hey, you want to have a nutritional fight? I'm like, yeah. And you're like, Carbs cause you to gain weight. I'm just like, nope. So before I get all riled up about this, why do carbs not cause weight gain? Weight loss is just the law of thermodynamics, which is energy burned and energy consumed. So if you only consume 1,500 calories and you burn 1,700 calories, you're not going to gain fat. Even if that 1,500 calories was 100% carbs, 
You're not going to gain fat. 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 And until I see some good evidence that proves otherwise, I'm waiting. Like keto people, if that's the style you prefer, if that's what helps you stay in line with your goals, that is awesome. Just don't tell me that's what I need to do because it's going to be better for my weight loss. Like, no, it's not. There's no evidence to suggest that reducing carbs outside of a calorie deficit is going to help. And now this part's more my personal opinion here. So I think when a lot of people say, I'm going to cut out carbs, they think of the sweets, the sodas, the candies, and bread. I don't understand, but bread as well. Which, if you get the right type of bread, it can have fiber and be whole grain. It's it's very good for you. But anyways, so the word carbs often for people just means junk food. But carbs is a macronutrient, not junk food, okay? And even as I just talked about a minute ago, you can have your cheesecake and your cookies and your candy just in moderation within your calorie allotment. I see nutrition a lot like I see finances. If you have $2,000 to spend... As long as you pay your mortgage and your bills and blah, 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 if you have a dollar left over, go get yourself a candy bar. If you're hitting all your nutritional goals and you have 100 calories left over, go get yourself a candy bar. Like, it, it's okay. That's balance, and that's what makes it sustainable is eating the foods that you enjoy. Now, here's the cold, hard truth that two-thirds of America needs to hear. It's not the carbs. It's not any given food or food group that you eat that's making you gain weight, it's you. You are eating too many calories, period. And until you own that, you're not going to sustainably lose weight. Until you say, hey, it's my choice how much food I consume, you're not going to lose the weight. Carbs have become a scapegoat because it's so much easier for the media to say, hey, these foods are making you gain weight versus the media saying, you're making yourself gain weight. So take that accountability, and the moment you do, it's all going to change. Number three, eating late at night leads to weight gain. This kind of goes in with intermittent fasting of you have to eat within a certain time frame or whatever. Again, law of thermodynamics, energy balance. If I eat 200 calories in the morning at 6 a.m. or I eat 200 calories at night at 10 p.m., it's still 200 calories. If somebody writes you a $200 check at 8 a.m. and writes you a $200 check at 10 p.m., it's still $200. Your body doesn't care what time of the day it is. Now, when can this actually be true? Or when can this matter? When can this be helpful? If you eat really late at night, let's say you eat, you immediately go to bed, you wake up in the morning, you weigh in. You have not had the chance to go to the toilet yet to be able to deposit the food you just ate. So now that 16 ounces of food is sitting inside of you, which 16 ounces is a pound, so all of a sudden you gained a pound. Whoop-dee-doo. Go drink a bottle of water and then weigh in. You'll gain a pound. Whoop-dee-doo. It's not fat, which I think is something that people get really tripped up on when they go onto the scale. They see the number change and they think it must be fat. Like fat's the only thing changing within their body. Most of the time it's not really fat or primarily fat. Usually it's a little bit of water. Usually it's a little bit of food content or some glycogen. Like those things all matter. But all some people see is I gained two pounds. It must be fat. It's like, no, 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 no. You just need to go poop. 
Now, caveat with this one, if you do struggle with acid reflux, then it's recommended to not eat at least an hour or two before going to bed because when you lay down, that food content in your stomach is going to be on your esophagus and cannot feel great. But that's, that's, that's different from weight loss. So if you see recommendations online or you hear someone say, don't eat within two hours, well, if you don't struggle with acid reflux, then don't worry about it. I'm not going to go start chewing nicotine gum because it's going to help me not smoke because I don't smoke. It doesn't apply to me. Number four kind of goes in line with number three, but this one is skipping meals helps with weight loss. Again, hello intermittent fasters who, not all of you, but some people think, you know, breakfast is the devil. That's why I can't eat it. If I eat breakfast, I gain weight. It's like, no, (laughs) you gain weight because you ate too much, not because you ate breakfast. Go back to like point number two or whatever it was. Intermittent fasting works because it reduces the amount of time you have to eat. So if you're not tracking your calories, you only have eight hours to eat. It's not as likely as you're going to overeat than if you had 14 hours to eat. Now, sometimes for intermittent fasting, you'll hear about autophagy. And they're like, yo, you got to do intermittent fasting because autophagy. It's like, what's that? And they're like, it's something special with intermittent fasting. It's like, no, okay, okay, okay. Autophagy is the cleaning out process of damaged cell parts. And it increases when we're in a calorie deficit. Whether that's intermittent fasting or just good old dieting, losing weight. And fun fact, exercise also does this. So so it's not it's not this special thing your body only does with fasting or whatever. It's just part of the natural process of, of being human. It's just what our body does. But I think there's an even better point about why skipping meals doesn't immediately lead to weight loss and as the answer and whatnot. So let's put it this way. If you eat 1,800 calories throughout the day or 3,600 calories in one meal, which one do you think is better for you? Like you can't tell me because you only ate one time. (laughs) I get a pass. I'm all good. It's like, no, you ate double the amount of calories you should. You just did it one time. Like that's still not a good thing. Let's take it back to the money again. If you spend ten thousand dollars on one time, that's still ten grand versus spending five grand in a week. So just because you skip two meals, that doesn't mean anything. And honestly, I'm pretty cool with most dieting strategies or nutritional strategies, but one meal a day is just not something I can really ever get behind. Now, if you listen to some of the other episodes talking about protein, we've talked about how. Your body can really only utilize so much at one time. And if you're only eating one time, it doesn't matter if you ate 500 grams of protein, your body's not going to be able to use all of it. So I just don't believe that that is the best answer for most people. We'll get into the next one right after the break. Hey, it's me. So this is the part of the podcast where there's usually a sponsor, and I don't know if you know this, but you are actually our first sponsor. And you can do that by liking and subscribing to the podcast, to YouTube channel, or even both. That would be awesome. Number five. All right, number five here. Eating healthy is expensive. Currently, I'm a family of three. My wife, myself, and we have a toddler. And we spend about $100 per week at the grocery store. Maybe 120 sometimes, but we're not just dropping a thousand every month on food. It's honestly just not that expensive to eat healthy. 
Now, we could probably go through a bag of chips in like one evening. You know, who doesn't just cuddle up to some Netflix and just binge a whole bag of chips? And that's five bucks right there. You give me five dollars worth of carrots, and I promise you that's going to last a long time. Now, we eat our carrots, but you just can't binge 2,000 calories worth of carrots at once. So, some tips here on how to make eating healthy not as so dang expensive. First of all, don't go to expensive places. Don't go to your Whole Foods or whatever expensive grocery store you go from. But honestly, what helps us more than anything else is that we bulk prepare a lot of our food and we bulk buy. Now, I know everyone's not fortunate enough to do this or have the space to do this or whatever, but we bought like a half a cow, I believe, last year and ended up being less than $3 per pound of meat. That means I got a steak, a full pound of steak for three bucks. You go do that at the store, 15, 16 bucks, whatever. You go do that at a restaurant, whoo, 20, 30 bucks, save some money there. We also love going to Costco and getting that mass quantity because it's cheaper. Now, don't do this with your veggies or stuff that's going to go bad real fast, but for foods that can last a while or get frozen, it's a fantastic option. Eating healthy doesn't have to be expensive, and I understand the psychology behind this too. So it's so much harder to spend 120 bucks on a week's of food where you could just go to fast food and spend 10 bucks on your family for dinner. But let's let's extrapolate that. You do that ten dollars, ten dollars, ten you do that ten dollars seven times a week, there's seventy dollars. And that's just for your dinners. You haven't paid for breakfast or lunch or if you do any snacks or God forbid you need toilet paper or anything else. There is sometimes a bigger front up cost compared to eating out where you kinda nickel and dime your way up. But eating healthy does not mean you have to spend a bunch of money. And I'll tell you what, it's heck of a lot cheaper to eat healthy then to get a hospital bill for four weeks because you had a heart attack and then you had to go to rehab. And not only does that suck, and I, I wish that for nobody, but that's expensive too. I value my life, my longevity, and my health. So to pay even 1% of a premium to make sure that I am taking care of myself versus the alternative of something tragic happen, it's a no-brainer. A little bit of a truth moment here. When when I was writing this episode, when I was getting ready to put it together, I really did not want it to sound like I'm just ranting about five things that that poke the bear with me, or you know, I wanted it to be, you know, educational. Hopefully, you learn something. Unsaturated fats are better than trans fat. You know, you can eat carbs and still lose lose fat. But even more so, I want I wanted to give you peace. When you hear all these people telling you you can't eat carbs or you have to do intermittent fasting or blah, 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 I hope this episode gives you peace knowing that you can eat your carbs and your breakfast and it's going to be okay and you're going to be okay. Now, I hope you enjoyed today's episode and stay tuned for next week. We're going to talk about exactly how to get better sleep. Thank you for listening to a Healthy Control Podcast. You can find us at YouTube at A Healthy Control and make sure you're subscribed. You can also reach me at ahealthycontrol at gmail.com with any comments or questions you'd like answered on the show. Reminder, A Healthy Control podcast is for entertainment purposes only and not in lieu of any medical advice. If you have any concerns about your health, please speak to your healthcare provider. 